Hi guys. So one of the things that's super clear to me from the very high volume retail experience that I have every Christmas at the tree farm where I, I interact with hundreds of people in a very short period of time, all or most of them sort of coming with similar questions is that it's important to tell people what they want to know when they ask a question, but to not give them more information than they want. And let me explain what I mean by that. It's, it's possible for me at my tree farm, somebody walks up and they say, you know, hi, we're new here. This is our first time. What do we do? And I could give them all sorts of information about, um, about how to appropriately cut the tree. You know, it's a giant stump. You find the thing that looks like a Christmas tree on top of it. If you're the first person to ever cut the tree, like it's a clear, excuse me, a clear trunk going all the way to the ground, make sure you leave some live cuts, live branches below your cut to keep the stump alive. But honestly, that information is fairly useless because the vast, vast majority of everybody is just going to naturally do the right thing. And the 5%, 2% of trees that are young enough that they haven't ever been cut before, the chances that it's like the perfect size and they're just going to cut it right to the ground, it's just so slim that it's not worth telling everybody who asks that question that information just so that they can... Uh, make that proper choice. It's far better for me if I see a tree like that in the grove to cut some branches around where I want the stem of the Christmas tree to be cut because no one's going to cut a tree all the way to the ground that has a big gap in the branches. Okay, so that being said, that, that the information that I'm giving them is basically unimportant. What I've now done by telling them all this information that they didn't ask for is is essentially confuse and, and muddle the experience for them. Most people just want to know anything on this slope is fair game, the paths are better over here, fewer people go over here so the hunting is better, pay me when you get back. It's that simple. And the more I say, the less they're going to retain. And also, the, the more chances I have to negatively shape their experience. If they've decided to show up, they've, they've already had, hopefully, a, you know, a good experience in their head of what it's going to be like. And it's far easier for me to make that a bad experience by talking too much then reinforce the good experience. Now I can make something a good experience for somebody by helping with them when they need it, by extending trust when you know they need to mail me payment because I don't take cards at the at the grove and they need to mail me a check. Like that that 
makes an experience a good experience, but that comes from paying attention to what they need. And it's easy for any of us in a situation where we are interacting with a customer, even just a, um, a situation where it's not a one-on-one -on -one interaction, but where we are putting something out there into the world on social media or, or say YouTube, it's easy for us to give too much information. And just as too much information is annoying when somebody does it in your private life and they, you know, they give you stuff that you just didn't need to hear, less embarrassing but equally annoying is somebody who um, gives more information than you wanted. Now, it doesn't mean that all of the nuance and details that you want to share aren't appropriate to share. It just needs to be packaged in such a way that somebody is very clear that that's what they're getting. Right? So, for instance, in the spoon carving book that I'm finishing up, that is a you wanted everything, here is everything <clears throat> that I have in terms of nuance kind of situation, and, and it will be articulated as such. But... Well, here are some examples I can think of of where you give too much information. <clears throat> if you are selling something online, if you're selling a spoon online and you put it up for sale, somebody who's interested in that spoon is not it is it is too much information to provide with that spoon that, you know, how hard you worked on it, or, well, in some instances, I could see if it was an anomaly that you had to work particularly hard at some form, like I often complain about how hard it is to carve my ladles, and partly that's because I've, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe, the, well, maybe that's too much information, partly it's because I want to depress demand on my ladles because I don't like carving them that much. Uh, and I don't want to be swamped with orders for them. But uh, if, if, if part of your thing is that you say with every spoon, you know, this, like, I, I work really hard at this. And also, if part of your thing is articulating to people why, you know, why a hand-carved spoon is better than a mass-produced spoon or, or better than a sanded spoon or anything like that, you are misreading why someone is clicking on that photo in the first place. Almost nobody who is following you or finds you or is attracted to a photo that, you know, an explorer on Instagram, say, of your spoon and then sees that it's for sale, gives a shit about uh, all of that stuff. And it's, and it's too much information. It's, it is turning a positive experience into a negative experience to bring all of that baggage that you have, right, to the situation. You might have baggage about, you know, feeling defensive about why your spoons cost as much as they do. That, that certainly happened to me. Um, you might feel passionate about why 
something that you've handmade is better than something people can buy for a few bucks at Target. That certainly happened to me. You might feel uh, I don't know. You you might you might feel like you need to defend why the the item is I don't know, has wiggly grain, right? But I guarantee you, anyone who is considering buying something isn't going to be thinking about that at all. Or it's going to be such a tiny percentage that it's counterproductive to entertain that. And instead, you're missing an opportunity to humanize yourself in a good way to someone. I mean, we can all humanize ourselves in bad ways to people, but you're missing an opportunity to humanize yourself to a potential customer by saying, I don't know, some funny incident that happened to you over breakfast, or what book are you reading right now, or what thoughts have you been having that are completely unrelated to the spoon, and I guarantee you that would be more interesting to somebody than giving them the, the talk about, you know, why your thing is superior, that you've given so many times that it kind of makes you nauseous to say it even. Don't say it. Now, it's important if you're trying to sell something online that you actually tell people what the price is because I know there are plenty of times when I see something, I'm like, ooh. And then they don't list the price. They just say DM for details. And I'm like, mm, not going there because I think I am not alone in wanting to know what I'm getting myself in for before I engage at all. And so if you are putting stuff up for sale and hearing crickets, perhaps it's that you did not list a price. And you need to list a price. So that people can decide for themselves before they engage, if they even want to engage at all. But beyond listing the price, and perhaps, you know, the terms of, like I have to always say, you know, I'm booking whenever, because I don't want people to think that it's something that's available right now. But beyond that... I think I think giving giving the same tired things talks about your work and what makes it special actually makes it less special. Let's bring it back to the Christmas tree farm. I tried to First of all, only tell people what they want to know if they ask. So my opening line is always, hey, do you guys have any questions? And a good two-thirds of people say, nah, we're good. And I say, great, have a good time. Right, so that right away cuts down on having to give the talk. And then of the third that says, yeah, this is our first time here. What do we do? I usually give as short a possible answer as I can. And often instead, uh, I'll say, oh, it's your first time here. Where are you coming from? And they'll say, I don't know, you know, Shootsbury. And I'll say, oh, you're from Shootsbury. Do you know this friend that I knew in college, right? And we have a conversation about that. That's a much better conversation to have, both for my soul and for theirs than the same tired, here's the spiel. 
and I give the spiel as little as possible. And the only time really that I give it is if somebody says to me, you know, is there some way that we should cut the trees in order to not mess them up? And honestly, the fact that somebody says that is a sign to me that I need to do better in my messaging on my website about, well, I, I probably have too much information on my website. This is something I've been thinking about. I have the wrong information and I have too much information. And I'm going to be reworking my website this coming week to reflect these understandings that I'm having, which is that if, if anyone is showing up worried that there's some wrong way that they can do it, that means that I could do a better job conveying the information, and often that simply means conveying less. Because somebody should be able to show up at my farm <clears throat> without any prior knowledge of how it works and be able to just sort it out. You know, I should have saws available in enough places that they'll see them. I should have twine available where they can see it. I should have payment system comprehensive enough that they can figure it out if I'm not there. And if I am there, we should be having a conversation to figure out our mutual connections rather than a continuously repeated conversation about how to do it right. How to do it right should be a given that it's obvious how to do it right. And I think whatever your business is, you can look at the conversations that you're having again and again and again and analyze them for signs that you need to do a better job uh, communicating stuff subliminally through placement and convention and, and perhaps through articulating something you're not, like price, but also perhaps by saying less and not telling your customer something unless they specifically ask about it. So that you are transparent with what you are offering to the world and giving them space to engage with it in a way that doesn't require having a conversation with you. And making sure that you aren't telling them all of the, all of the details unless they ask for all of the details. This is something <coughs> that I was able to figure out more and more as I taught uh, spoon carving lessons in person. But particularly when I started out, that was the big challenge, was what part of what I know is actually important to give somebody the right stuff so that the lesson was worth it to them. And I came away from my years of teaching with two ideas. The first was I wanted somebody to go away feeling empowered to keep going on the journey and also understanding how to keep going safely. What were the things, what were the habits that they needed to be thoughtful about in order to 
safely continue exploring. And th that was really it. And I found myself explaining less and less as I went on teaching. It's not like by the end I was explaining nothing. But early on when I was teaching, I was stuffing my students' heads with all the information I could fit in. And that wasn't as helpful, I don't think, in the long run, as giving them the right stuff. And only giving them more than that if they asked. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk tomorrow.